Remember, for it to be a forward pass, it's got to go forward. Kaepernick, end zone, Crabtree, broken up, picked off! This game is over! Well, I'm the best corner in the game! When you try me with a sorry receiver like Crabtree, that's the result you're going to get! Don't you ever talk about me! L-O-B. He wants to get in a fight, you can't do that! Quarterback, you can't fight! Very welcome along to the Off the Ball NFL podcast, very special NFL podcast um, this week because we're celebrating Mick McCarthy's relegation from one of our fantasy leagues, uh, although actually it's kind of grim because it means we won't be able to slag him next year when he performs terribly in that league. That's coming up with Mixed Picks, which is the final part in the in middle part. We have um, Jackie Terrell, a.k.a. Shutdown Corner, a.k.a. some other name which uh, we don't know about in his own fantasy league. Um, and first up, as ever, we have uh, Sam Monson at PFF underscore Sam and uh, also with us Kian Fahey uh, Football Outsiders to talk to us about what's going on also with us as ever Donnie Manny Hey You're all very welcome lads um, so Yeah so look th- a lot of things are very clear um, the Pats are absolutely unstoppable the Packers also unstoppable when they want to be particularly in the first half of games at home at Lambeau and um, the Jim Harbaugh era is uh, whimpering to a close in San Francisco Um the Seahawks, I think, are going to win their division. Oh, I don't know about that. The Cardinals are in a why tailspin. Are you, why are you riding off the Cardinals? Well, back to back, ten, ten and three. Yeah. What they have to do is beat. They got Seattle at home. Yeah, they're not going to beat them. Oh, what if they do? They have to beat the Rams. They're not going to beat them. You're talking about it like it's a certainty. This team is ten and three. Yeah, Seattle. Good last two weeks. Weren't very good two weeks before that. Um, Not a long time ago that they were hammered by the Dallas Cowboys and they lost to the Rams. Let uh, me let me bring in Keen Valley on this because I know you've been doing some work on um, the returning superstars to their to their D. Seattle are back. Yeah, well, they're they're getting healthy. I think they haven't really been fully healthy all year on the defensive side. They lost Brandon Meebane two weeks ago, who was their big run stuffing nose tackle, but they've had a, an adequate replacement for him and Kevin Williams. The, the the two key pieces I was writing about this week were Bobby Wagner and Cam Chancellor. And you, you could see last week against the Eagles, they held the Eagles to, I think it was 139 yards of offense, where the Eagles normally average 415 yards of offense. And you don't need to know football to know that's a big gap. Uh, I, I think they're, they're kind of hitting their peak at the right time. They've won three games in a row, and they've won them as convincingly as any wins you'll have seen from the whole season. The Cardinals may be ten and three, but the Seahawks are nine and four, so it's not exactly a big gap for them to close. Yeah, Sam, can the Cardinals still make the playoffs? Is that what their aim needs to be at this point? Um, given the injuries that they have and the difficulties uh, that they're going to have getting yardage, it's maybe I'm, I'm not giving them full due deference for beating the Chiefs last weekend because I'm kind of underrating the Chiefs a little bit, but. The the Cardinals are different Cardinals from the team who opened the season and um, were very impressive when they were doing it. They definitely can. I think, you know, whatever, if they don't make the playoffs from the start they have, even losing Carson Palmer, it's going to be a pretty epic collapse. I think we're right to question whether they're going to win the division. With with Seattle still to play, it would seem that that would take quite a, an impressive effort for the Cardinals, even at home, to, to overcome Seattle, given the, the form that they're in at the moment. So I would say that their focus probably has to be 
making sure they get one of those wild card spots and at least rescuing the playoffs um, from this season. And then, you know, once once you make it to the playoffs, you know, it, it's a cliche, but anything can happen. If you make it to the playoffs, you're a good enough team to be, you know, to beat anybody on a given Sunday. And that's all you've got to do, at least for the first game. And then, you know, who knows what happens after that. You're still in on them? No, but I, I, I think, I mean, just playing devil's advocate, they're a, I, I mean, they're, they're not a terrible team, and they're a very good team at home. And, you know, even that crazy Travis Kelsey fumble last week proves that maybe the football gods ah. are on their side. Ah. Like, that was such a fluke, weird thing that wasn't a fumble. So how, you know, those is, you just it makes you wonder about those kind of things. Like, if the football gods were on their side, they probably wouldn't have shot down Carson Palmer. Well, that's true. Maybe Maybe the football gods are just kind of, tempting them and tantalizing them and just going to crush them in a cruel way as flies to wanton <laughs> boys yeah well i don't know i like i i, I, I their record is very impressive though i think and, and you know there's three games left okay they have seattle i mean they have st louis tonight am i right thinking it's three divisional games they've got st louis seattle and san francisco i mean the game against san francisco now is like a maybe actually that could be that could be the one that you think yeah. that they they win i mean that gets them at least in the playoffs who uh, seattle uh, they made Mark Sanchez look pretty bad at home last week, so I don't know. It, it seems like it's all. It seems like everything is all set up for Seattle, but at the same time, we, we. I think you're you're stupid in this league to just presume victories. Yeah, and that presume. Well, we know Seattle are going to be good, so they're going to be good. But, you well, know. it's just that Seattle are now in the type of form that, say, the Patriots and the Packers have been in when they're coming up against teams. You know, no team's going to score against them a lot, and you know they're going to score. Between nineteen and thirty points. Yeah, Wilson is in, is locked in, and and Lynch is seems like he's hungry. So, yeah, no, I, I agree hundred percent. But um, I, I just I'm just a little bit wary just to accept the, this conventional wisdom of Seattle, like ha- having been so sketchy like a month ago, or just suddenly that their that their dominance is something that we can just suddenly accept again. Uh, I will talk to you both about the, the 49ers and the, the end of the Harbaugh, the imminent end of the Harbaugh era. But I want to talk a bit more about the Eagles, who obviously were beaten by the Seahawks last week. Uh, the Eagles play the Cowboys again, having destroyed them on uh, Thanksgiving. Um, it, it's a, a weird sport and a weird league in that you can go somewhere, hammer a team, and then they come to your place. And it's not a foregone conclusion that you're going to be the superior outfit for whatever reason. And yet, I feel much more confident about the Eagles being able to do again to the Cowboys uh, what they did on Thanksgiving, simply by virtue of the fact that that was such a complete performance. Kim, maybe you take that one. Um, I think the last game was heavily impacted by the short week, simply because Tony Romo and his back problems and his age problems isn't really able to handle a short week anymore. I think there, there was a stretch there where he looked a bit like Alex Smith. And for Tony Romo, that's an insult, to be honest. Uh, but no, no, you've got the opposite because the Cowboys are coming off the uh, extended period of rest because they played last Thursday, and it's going to be this game is on Sunday, Sunday night, I believe. And I, I, I think they're a very close team, even though the the Eagles blew them out last during the last game. And like you said, in in this league, things can just switch and swivel in a week or two, and you you don't really know. For all we know, the Cowboys could blow them out. I don't think they will, but. The Eagles aren't really didn't they didn't look good last week at all. I think they were beaten in pretty much every phase by the Seahawks. And typically teams that play the Seahawks that kind of suffer some bit of a lull the next week because of the physicality of that team. So I, I think this game could be 
a lot better than the than the last game, and it shouldn't really be a foregone conclusion for either team. Are you leaning at least towards the Eagles, or because it sounds like you give the Cowboys more than a, a fighting chance in this one? Well, I'm, I've been kind of I'm always skeptical of the Eagles when they come up against someone that I perceive as at least a good team. They seem to struggle a lot with when it comes down to um or when when they face a defense that doesn't panic and it doesn't completely uh, lose its discipline against uh, Chip Kelly's defense. And I'm all, I'm always going to be skeptical when it's Mark Sanchez against a guy like Tony Romo, to be honest. Well, I, I'm just waiting for Nick Foles to come back. And will can the Eagles make it that far? Can can their can their season still be in play when the Foles era resumes? Why would you go back to Nick Foles this year? He Did wasn't you, any better. Sorry, were you watching the Eagles versus the Seahawks, or maybe the Eagles versus the Packers? Um, Eagles versus good teams. But Nick Foles was no better against good teams. Well, he their record was uh, he wasn't much better, but he wasn't Mark Sanchez. It's like um, the Sanchez brand. Is tainted Th- that when things go bad, they go really bad for him, and people just—I think his—I think his teammates sort of see him and go, "Oh no, this butt fumble guy, we're kind of screwed here." This butt fumble guy has been to two championship games. Nick Foles zero championship games. Yeah, but I—I—I I, I, I think there's something an ineffable Sanchez quality when he when things start to go wrong. A quality of shitness. Yeah, that even if it's <laughs> even if it's not true. That sometimes I don't know things seem to go. There's you, there's not with Foles at least you could you, there's at least he he hasn't been totally defrauded yet or he hasn't proved as a fraud been proven as a fraud. Sanchez, I just don't I don't you know I just don't know if the the belief is there all around that he's I don't think I don't know if his players look at him in the huddle and go okay um, you know we're down fourteen here we're down ten to Seattle I'm gonna. I'm going to lead you back. I don't know if he, he instills that. Now, I don't. Maybe deep down, Foles doesn't either. But I think it, at least there's there, people aren't. They're still not as far down the road with Foles. Um, Sam, if you had to pick between Sanchez and Foles, it's not a great choice, I don't think. But who are you going for? I think Sanchez is probably a better quarterback overall within that offense. Um, I, I, I think Danny brings up a point that might not be a bad one in that if they do get down in a hurry. There probably is something, even if it's not on the surface, even if it's just in the back of guys' minds, that Sanchez is not bringing that back. Yeah, I mean, Foles probably isn't either, but at least he's he's shown some kind of you know impressive form, or he's shown big statistics last year where it probably w- wouldn't be deep sat in the guy's psyche that it, they're already dead. Whereas with Sanchez, it probably is. I think the issue is that neither of those guys are good quarterbacks, and though that offense will mask that against most teams, when you come up against the best, they're just found out. And, it, you know, it, it exposes the fact that those guys aren't really good enough for them to win everything. And, and that's their issue, is that as soon as they come up against a really legitimate team, they're just in over their heads. And I'm not sure there's there's really any solution to that. Um, maybe getting a, a good quarterback, obviously. Um, is, is Colin yeah, Kaepernick... I mean, now. Yeah, sorry. Next season, is Colin Kaepernick a potential eagle? I... I think guys like that are, would be really interesting within that offense. Obviously, you've got Marcus Mariota, um, Chip Kelly's former quarterback at Oregon, but I don't see them having any chance of that. But guys like him, guys like Kaepernick, guys like RG3, you know, that offense is an offense that can have quarterbacks that are limited. They can have quarterbacks that, that aren't able to, to read the whole field or to, to work through progressions and to be a true pocket passer. Because it doesn't need them to be, but and then if you add some, you know, really top level athleticism that all those guys have, 
then you suddenly have a, a quarterback that's tailor-made for that offense but not necessarily any other NFL offense. I, I would love to see, I, I think I'm in a minority, but I would love to see a guy like RG3 or a guy like Kaepernick in that Eagles offense. Yeah, Kim, what do you think of that? Because there's a, a strong sense that once the Harbaugh era ends, the new head coach, whoever that is, will have the opportunity to move on for Kaepernick. And at that point, I don't know what you get for Colin Kaepernick after a season like this. Uh, I don't think Sam's in the minority, actually. I think most people would like to see an RG3 or a Colin Kaepernick with Chip Kelly. And I think, think Kaepernick's contract was structured in such a way that it's basically a bunch of one-year deals. I'm not sure if they were locked into three years or two years from the start, but uh, they, they they probably can get away from him if they want to. What it was I, like, I'm not it, sure it would be a good idea for them to get away from him. I think if you just use him properly, if you, you can at least get to get your offense to some uh, some level of decency, even if if he's not going to be a great quarterback. But it is interesting from the Eagles' point of view that they're not going to be in a position to draft one of the top quarterbacks, but there are a bunch of guys who could come up. And like, even if you look at someone like Sam Bradford or Kaepernick or uh, Robert Griffin III, even Geno Smith or Eli Manning might be might be coming to his end, to to the end of their tenures with their current teams. And as Kelly has shown with Sanchez, he can kind of get the most out of a quarterback, even if it's only a good quarterback or a, a, a mediocre, talented quarterback. He can elevate their game. And, and I don't really think they need to get an, ex, uh, an exceptional player to position, but they just can't really have a Foles or a Sanchez. When you say they don't need an exceptional player, to win the Super Bowl, obviously, is the ultimate aim. What level of, what's the lowest level of quarterback that Chip Kelly could win the Super Bowl with? Well, I think if you if you get him someone like Colin Kaepernick, even though Kelly's offense isn't really built for the running quarterback, even though he does a lot of option stuff and stuff like that, he he does need a player who can make throws in the pocket. But I think Kaepernick with, with Kelly could be coached up better than he has been with uh, Jim Harbaugh, and you you can probably someone like that or even RG three. I, really? I don't think, you think he could, he could win a Super Bowl with RG three because RG three looks like he's a busted flush at this point. And if if somebody like Chip Kelly can get him for not very much, because I presume you're not going to have to spend anything no. really to get him. Well, I wouldn't think so. But I mean, why? If you're so you're Chip Kelly and you kind of turned the Eagles around a little bit, you've kind of stamped your identity on them. Let's say you win the the NFC East this year with. Uh, you know, you lose your starting quarterback, your backup guy who's a bit tainted sort of seamlessly fits in and you hold on to win the division. Are you going to take a chance on a guy whose confidence is completely shot, who was, you know, had one incredible year and, you know... RG3 or Kaepernick here? RG3. Yeah. Kaepernick, look, I don't know. I mean, it seems to me that Kelly seems like just these quarterbacks somewhat is indispensable, but I don't know why you would take on guys who you know seem a bit uh, who seem a bit whose whose flaws have been so um, publicly exposed. But then again, he took Mark Sanchez and uh, as yeah. a backup, you know. I guess it's a value proposition that you you believe you could see something in them that nobody else sees, mm. and you can fix that and still succeed. Just like obviously, this is completely hypothetical, but. What if you're San Francisco and you're trading Kaepernick? What are you looking to get in return? Are you getting a, fir- a first round, a third round, a fourth round pick? See, there's this. It's a really interesting kind of value proposition because, like Keen said, that contract is structured in a way that they can get away from them pretty much any time they want to. But it, 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 the question then becomes, what do you ask for? Because 
you know, the teams know that you can get away from them. And if you're entertaining trade talks, the chances are you want away from them. Um, at the kind of money you're kind of tied into paying him if you if you want to keep running with him. So from that point of view, your your bargaining position isn't fantastic. But at the same time, he's a guy who's shown he's capable of being a pretty good quarterback if the offense is, is tailored to him. And in this quarterback star of league, that inherently makes it a pretty valuable guy. So I've really got no idea what you would entertain in terms of trade value for the guy. Yeah, like... It sounds like you're thinking first first round pick one first round pick. Uh, I, w- I think that's got to be your starting point, and then you've got to see if anybody's going to come close to, to to offering that. Maybe you, you try and do the deal that somebody did for RG three and go. Well, that's you've set the base baseline here. I feel like the Trent Richardson deal is sort of skews everything. Skews everything, you know. <laughs> I think any- well, three first round picks, please. Well, as we saw uh, on Sunday with the six guys that the Rams lined out for the coin toss, that you know got you know their version of RG three. I I don't know. I I don't I don't see massive value for any for Kaepernick, especially. Or I don't see any for RG three. I think we I should think remember we should remember that Alex Smith went for two second round picks, and Alex Smith, he, as as much as he had, he was coming off a decent performance before he got benched. I think everyone in the league knew that he's limited, whereas Colin Kaepernick is still an exceptional physical talent. Let's I think talk- that's your issue with uh, with RG3 as well, in that they gave up so much to get him, and it's the front office guys that are tied to him. Those are the guys that have, have been pushing to put him back in the lineup, even though he's clearly broken at this point. Those are the guys you're going to have to do a deal with. So, you know, if the only way I think you're getting RG3 is if they decide they want to move on. I, I don't think there's any way that you're going to prize them from from those guys in terms of the trade, especially if you're within the division. You know, they're not going to yeah. take that phone call and say, you know, Chip Kelly sees something in him. We're not giving him away for anything. Those guys need fired, right? The RG3 guys? Yeah. Well, that was a disaster. Well, yeah, it's the problem pretty- is one of those guys is the owner. <laughs> Yeah, you're gonna fire Dan Snyder. Who well, would, you know, I think like, everybody would be happy enough with that. Everyone in Washington would would if you were if you had assumed this power in the NFL to fire that guy. But I'm not entirely sure that's going to happen anytime. All right, let's um, briefly talk about uh, San Francisco and why they are so crap, uh, considering they're you know a team that many people thought could go deep into the playoffs and perhaps even improve on uh, last year and on two years ago. Uh, what are your main theories about this one, Kian? Why did this team disintegrate so horribly? Well, you're, you're kind of getting to the conspiracy theory uh, stage at this point with Jim Harbaugh where you think he might be just trying to get out, get out of there. Uh, they, they do seem to have riffs behind the scenes and the team on the field... Uh, uh, teams in the NFL will often lose simply because they're not very talented and they don't have good enough players. But... It's rare that you will see a team lose in such a way that it makes it look like they're sabotaging themselves in terms of play calling, in terms of how they're using their players. And then you you throw you will throw on top of that their injuries that they've had with Patrick uh, Willis and Navarro Bowman missing most of the season, and uh, the offensive line you've had John Martin starting at right tackle. Just it it seems like everything at that at one point has has just gone wrong, and it's not really just one thing in the whole, in the that's taking down the whole franchise, but it's the whole structure and the whole process and the whole uh, working relationships that they have are just, they're coming to an end and they're coming to an end very limply. And very publicly too, obviously. Um, Sam, what, what's the future here? Harbaugh goes to another NFL team immediately. Is that like a fairly obvious thing, given how good a coach he was at San Francisco at his peak? 
I would think so. Yeah, I mean, the question is whether they trade him or whether they um, or whether he ends up getting fired at the end of the season and just walks into another job. I, I, you know, I think if you look at the history of coaches that have been traded, they tend to go for ridiculous sums in terms of compensation. You know, like John Gruden, I think went for two first round picks and and possibly some other bells and whistles on that trade as well. Uh, and that's not been a massively unusual thing. Um, you know, co- the teams have given up huge amounts to get good coaches. And even though the 49ers are clearly trying to get rid of Harbaugh at this stage, he's still such a good coach that there are teams that are going to want to pay big amounts to be to, to secure him rather than to, to kind of risk losing him when it's a free-for-all in terms of deals flying around. So... I think they're probably going to try and trade him before the end, or before it's, before it becomes a point where they they have to kick him out the door. Yeah, because um, I've, I've heard still I've heard the argument made that if you like, he won't want any draft picks to go for him because it weakens his position for the first couple of years when he's at his new club. Um, and I've also heard that well, everybody knows San Francisco aren't rid of him, so that weakens their position. But given that there are so many teams out there who would like to have Harbaugh as their head coach, that means there's a market and that means that San Francisco can actually name a fairly high price. Yeah, and it becomes even more complicated because head coaches, I don't think, are subject to the same rules as players are in terms of trade deals. So that's all worked out in the collective bargaining agreement. You know, there's a strict kind of way that works in terms of trading a player. Coaches, you can't just pick up another coach's contract. You can't just trade for him and he's stuck. He's got to go the same way players can. Right. Harbaugh has to buy into it for them to trade him, which adds a whole other layer of complexity to, to any kind of negotiations. He has to want to go to wherever they're trying to trade him, which is going to affect the value on both sides. You also have to get that would also involve getting rid of or teams essentially firing their coach who's already in place. Yeah, the Raiders don't have a coach at the moment, so that I mean that's one option. You've got to assume the Giants won't have a coach at the end of the year. Yeah, yeah. There's a, there's some stuff going on behind the scenes that would have to make it work. What about, I think what John Har- Jim Harbaugh should do, the right thing to do, is to take a year off, work as the offensive coordinator for the Ravens under his brother as a sort of payoff for losing the Super Bowl. And <laughs> he could have Harbaugh and Harbaugh on the same sideline working together, using their combined powers. It would be unstoppable. Are you... What if they had a row? Well, and then it, yeah. it would be amazing. <laughs> I don't know. I, I like the, this family idea. Your team, the 49ers, have been relevant for three years now? Since Jim Harbaugh walked in the door. Are you ready for them to go back to being just useless as they were for I think a long a, time? I think it's idiotic what they're doing. They're, they're, they've, from the start of the season, they have reduced Harbaugh's power and they've given it to Trent Balka, who's, who runs the front office, who apparently is very good and always, like, he wins the draft every year, apparently, because he gets loads of supplementary draft picks for players, some of whom turn out to be really good and some of whom turn out to be absolutely awful. Yeah. Uh, and he's the guy. He's the one that they've decided. Like, there was, there was a row about the changing rooms in the new stadium, and there's now two separate locker rooms where the old guys uh, go and train, and Harbaugh wanted that, and Balke wanted everybody in a new... Um, changing room which is right beside the new facility and some of the younger players are in there so there is literally a split in the dressing room where half the team is training in one area and half the team is training in the other and so half of them are are Balky loyalists and half of them are Harbaugh loyalists it's levels of insanity when you had a team who last season was a tip ball away from winning the championship and going to the Super Bowl for the second season in a row and obviously I don't know what happened in the first three quarters uh, against the Ravens but they were a really good team and now 
they're giving away the guy for whatever they get to who made him there. Yeah, like it's it's idiotic. But that's what happens sometimes. They they about about the only good news I think is that they have shown to be pretty good at drafting in recent years. They they've they've really found some good players. So. You know, it's it's going to be incredibly difficult to find a new head coach who's good enough to take over for Harborough, but at least they're probably going to be giving him, well, they're going to be giving him a pretty talented roster and they're probably going to be adding decent young players to it. Kian, you think that um, the way you're talking about Kaepernick, that actually the next head coach more than likely would like an opportunity to see what he's got in Kaepernick as opposed to trade him away and, and work on another new project quarterback? Well, it's not so much just about Kaepernick. When you're talking about quarterbacks and getting new quarterbacks, it's always about what can you get. Yeah. Because they're, as bad of a season they've had, they're at seven and six, so they're not going to be getting a Mariota or a James Winston in the draft. So Kaepernick, while he's still limited in specific areas, he's still going to be better than the average quarterback you can get in free agency or trade for. All right. Um, there's a couple of other things that we should definitely talk about before we uh, move on. The the Lions are just one game back from the Packers. But the Packers look unstoppable at the moment. So, mm. um, two excellent back-to-back games from Matt Stafford. Uh, but they were against the Bucks and they were against the Bears. So it's not exactly the hardest defences to look good against. And yet, there is a real sense of confidence building that the Lions are now the sum of their parts. They've an excellent receiving core. They've got decent run game consistently. They've got a, a brilliant um, defense as well. They're making a run to the playoffs this year. Uh, I like. I think so. I mean, you're looking at a team to emerge as this sort of dark horse gets hot at the right time. Nobody saw it. Saw, nobody saw it coming. But actually, it was so obvious if we only just looked a little bit closer. Team. You know, I mean, the 49ers were a wildcard team last year and they, you know, you, they nearly made it to the Super Bowl. The Lions, like, they are only that one game back from Green Bay. Megatron is, seems scarily fit now. Uh, he kind of had an easy enough season recovering from injury, not really doing a whole lot. I mean, if, like, the, either the Cowboys or the Eagles really instilled much confidence in you, that obviously. The Seahawks are the Seahawks, but, like, you, I don't know. They, I think the Lions have a sort of, and the old je ne sais quoi about them. Now, they've n- never done anything in the playoffs. I, mean, I can't even remember the last... Have they even made the playoffs under Stafford? I, I don't even know. But, um, I like, they're they're feisty. They have something about them. Yeah. Sam, what do you think? Obviously, so we've talked about the Cardinals and the Seahawks. We've talked about the Eagles and the Cowboys. And uh, one of those teams who finished second in the NFC West and the NFC East are likely to be vying with the Lions for uh, the wild cards, um, assuming the Packers win their division. And I, I actually think that there's something here this year, this season, about the, the Lions. Yeah, there, there could be. This is a big weekend for them because the Vikings, they're not a good team, but they're dangerous. Um, they've got a pretty good defense. They've got a cornerback in Xavier Rhodes, who right now is playing as well as anybody. Um, and he has the talent to match up with Calvin Johnson. Their issue is that they play him almost entirely at right cornerback. So if the Lions really want to just move him away, they just flip where he lines up and Rhodes is out of the game. But there's enough about the Vikings that they're a dangerous side and the Lions need to keep winning. Like you say, they're, they're in the thick of that wild card hunt. One of Dallas or the or the Eagles is going to lose a game in that encounter. Um, the Cardinals and the Seahawks, you would think, are, are both going to keep winning. So... They need to keep pace, and the Vikings are definitely not a team that they can look past. Um, 
I, I think they've got a good shout at it. They they match up well with most teams. They've got a really good defense that's headed by some impressive talent kind of right up the middle, which is, I think, really one of the, the biggest places to have talent on defense. Um, they've got some guys having career years, uh, guys like DeAndre Levy at linebacker. Um, Darius Slade's played a lot better at corner. And then, like you say, they're getting Calvin Johnson back at the right time, and, and he just transforms an offense. He completely changes what you have to try and defend. Uh, the Packers beat the Falcons 43-37 in a really weird game. It was uh, it was over at halftime, then it was suddenly back on again, and then it was never really quite back on. But uh, this has been the MVP question that keeps coming up. JJ Watt puts performance after performance after performance back to back, and then they might come up, and it turns out he's uh, kind of funny. And um, yet Aaron Rodgers <clears throat> is playing as well as he's ever played. So... I don't know, Keen, is there just a bit too much hype about JJ or does actually what he's doing outshine and outweigh what Aaron Rodgers is doing? I think the big thing is that is that JJ Watt has kind of a better story. Everyone knows that Aaron Rodgers is great. Everyone's seen Aaron Rodgers be great. Everyone is kind of at the point now, I think, where they're sick of the quarterback winning the award. And JJ Watt has been great. He's been unbelievable, but... It's 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 very hard to argue for him. If, just for me, anyway, personally, it's very hard to argue for him when Rodgers is playing this well. Like, Rodgers has literally dragged that Packers team to ten and three record, and he's done it with relative ease, to be honest. And uh, you, you kind of you look at the them in the NFC, and you look at their roster. Like, their defense last week against the Falcons was very poor, and I don't think their defense has really been as good as people have, as, as some have said over the season. And I, I think the if you look at the six NFC teams, they're the one team where if you take the quarterback out, they I think they would drop further than anyone else. And even even uh, in spite of that, they've got one of the two best records in the in the conference. So I I think you have to look at Rodgers as the MVP and kind of Watt is is clearly second, but I'm not sure he's even competing for the first spot. Are you guys just trolling hey. me by saying by leaving Tom Brady out of this MVP conversation? <laughs> I, mean, I, what, I what hate it to the do? NFL's MVP award. I just think, for some reason, in the NFL, we've decided to actually care about the value part of it. In any other sport, the, the most valuable player is just the best player, and it's it's an award for the best player in the league, and that's what we accept and, and do as a matter of course. But in the NFL, for some reason, everyone gets hung up on the idea of value and how much value a guy has to their team. And the NFL, the way it's gone, that's a quarterback, always. It, the most valuable guy on a roster is always the quarterback and therefore the best or the most valuable player in the league in any given year is basically the best quarterback with the worst backup because if he goes down, your season is gone. But J.J. Watt is by far and away the best player in the NFL this season and has been for a couple of years now. And what he's doing is just completely redefining what people thought was possible for a guy in his position. And for him to not get the MVP award, which is essentially the best player in the league because he's a, a defensive end and he can't influence the game as much as the quarterback, just strikes me as as a bizarre reason to give an award to somebody. I just don't understand why we get so hung up on the idea of value. Le'Veon Bell doesn't even get a mention in this com- conversation nope. and he's just put three 200-yard games back-to-back-to-back. To back to back. Player of the month, maybe? Is that enough for That's, is that, It's kind of all, it's like, yeah. I mean, the Steelers, yeah. <laughs> but Walter Payton was the last person to do this that's how far back it's it, well remember when Doug Martin had that big game that was one game yeah, yeah. he didn't do it three times in a row yeah well if he'd done that three times in a row you'd be like that was you know I think Tom Brady should get some kind of award for swearing 
like the MPP, the most passionate player. I, I think that deserves some special praise. What about your your Pats? Are you uh, just sitting there thinking, yeah, the the one seed's going to fall into our laps, but the Broncos no. aren't quite going away? No, I'm not thinking that at all. I'm thinking three, well, the Jets and two tricky games to go. The Bills and the Dolphins. I don't really, I'm not too confident in either of those games, to be honest. And then, you know, if we can, if we win out, we have the the we have the thing. But look, I don't know. Denver looked pretty bad at the moment, but it seems like a kind of a bluff. Yeah, well, Denver looked bad, but won easily, and then conceded some points towards the end to ruin our picks. Your um, picks. Peyton Manning broke a fifty-something game streak of scoring a touchdown or throwing a touchdown pass. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and there is just it's a little bit of bubbling up sense that maybe Peyton Manning is the Peyton Manning who was coming off the neck injury as opposed to the unstoppable MVP last year, Sam. Um, I, I don't know if that's necessarily true or if he's just kind of easing himself through the rest of the season and saving himself a little bit now for the playoffs. I No, I think there's we've definitely seen a, a marked decline in Peyton Manning's skills. Um, I he was a guy who was never really relying on his physical talents anyway. Um, so that was, I think, why he was able to to kind of remake himself once he had that neck injury and his arm was gone, in that it, it didn't really matter. You know, there's there's guys out there that have a cannon for an arm but can't put it in the right space or don't see it early enough to put the ball there. Manning was at the opposite extreme, where his arm now is is really below par. If a, You know, if a scout was looking at that as a prospect coming out, they would probably say he didn't have the arm to be an NFL quarterback anymore. But he sees everything and he gets it in the right spot, so it doesn't matter. But now we're seeing him and he's struggling a lot more. He's throwing a lot more of these kind of duck passes. But the guy is, what, 38 years old at this stage? It's inevitable. You know, it was the thing that I was saying about Brady, is that at some point these guys are going to decline. The only question is, you know, when when it becomes a problem and when it becomes something that they can't overcome. You know, I think Manning is still good enough to take the Broncos to a Super Bowl. If he's playing, you know, the way he is at the moment, it's going to be a lot tougher because he's not able to raise everyone else's game. He's not able to to put those really fantastic performances together, or at least hasn't been for the last kind of month and a half. Um, And I suspect if they're going to win the Super Bowl, he's going to need to have at least one or two games where he shows up and really plays, you know, like the Manning of last year, like the Manning of the year before. Um, but you know it, it's inevitable that we're going to see the end coming of Manning and Brady at some point yeah um, it's just which of them can last uh, the longest year it's just sad because then like there's only like eight good quarterbacks anyway in the league and then the, those two are gone <laughs> so then are gone yeah. <laughs> there's, we're down to six like I mean what are, what are the good quarterbacks going to come to like to like sort of at least imitate these guys Maybe the next draft. Hey, David Carr, is that his name? Is that his first name, David? Derek? Derek. Derek. Yeah, hey, he was pretty good on uh, against the Niners. He's giving me hope. Carr to Rivera, that's the... That's money. Yeah. It's interesting. There's, there, you know, obviously there's Aaron Rodgers once you get past Manning and Brady, but there's such a big gap now between Rodgers and the next guys. Um, you know, even when these two guys were in their prime, it was basically Manning or Brady. There was nothing between them. And those guys were as good as it got. And then, you know, Drew Brees ended the conversation. Rogers ended the conversation. A few guys kind of came up to meet them at various points during their career. But right now it's Aaron Rodgers and then everybody else. Um, and I think for 
for it to become as kind of compelling as, as Manning versus Brady, somebody needs to bridge that gap. Somebody needs to take a step forward. A guy like, like Andrew Luck or a guy like Russell Wilson, those guys need to take steps forward and try and join Rodgers in the, in the kind of elite quarterback conversation. Um, there was a, a brief mention there of Drew Brees and bizarrely the NFC South gets weirder and weirder. The Falcons <laughs> are atop the division on five and eight. The Saints are five and eight. The Panthers are four and eight and one. Cam Newton is going to probably miss this game with um, after the car accident uh, at the weekend. And I could, you can see them. Uh, you can, like, there's no reason to suspect any of these teams are, are actually or any reason to, to think one of these teams is better than any of the, the others at this point. No. Words cannot explain how bad the Saints were in this game. They were like 17 points down before they knew what had hit them. Um, and then the Panthers came out running, you know, no huddle, hurry up offense. And it was like the Saints had never seen this before. It was just, it was like witchcraft to them. They had no idea what was going on. And, you know, the Panthers just moved the ball down, scored almost at will. It was an absolute disaster. For in a game where the Saints realistically had a chance to wrap up, or not wrap up, but Pretty really much. take a commanding lead of the division at home, and they just completely blew it. It was amazing to watch. Tampa Bay are going to finish two and fourteen and feel like they really blew a chance at winning the division this year. <laughs> they only, I think, they've only just been eliminated this week. They're going to get the first and pick and have been in. Uh, <laughs> They'll be thinking, oh, we should have that. This could have been a playoff year for us. Anybody want to <laughs> stick your head up with Parfit again this week and pick a winner of the division? I'm going to say, <sighs> give me the Falcons. They have the best uniforms. Uh, that's about as good a reason as any at this stage. Uh, folks, enjoy the weekend. My thanks to you as ever for joining. You've been listening to Sam Monson at PFF underscore Sam and uh, Kian Fahey at Kian AF. Thanks, lads. Yes. Thanks, guys. I wonder if maybe I might just be able to grab a quick word with Jackie Terrell. How are you doing, Jackie? Congratulations. Of all of them. Should you not be home uh, studying uh, NFL at this stage? No. I should be. I'm just worried that Jamal Charles is going to start this week. That's my big concern. Turns out uh, Jamal Charles had a pretty good season. Yeah, he did. And... uh... I had my homework done. (laughs) (laughs) Jackie, welcome to the podcast. Uh, Two weeks in a row we've had um, somebody from our league on. We had Mossy Green on last weekend because I was playing Mossy and ultimately beat him. Actually annihilated him in the end. It wasn't even close, but uh, it nothing to do with me. It's funny, it's funny how you can trash talk about your NFL team and it has absolutely nothing to do with you. Uh, But I I had mistakenly assumed that you had made the playoffs, which isn't true. Yeah, I made that mistake as well. was looking good there with three games to go and uh, kind of. Did you lose the last three games? Yeah, I did. Yeah. I'm <laughs> oh no! I'm actually oh. not happy about it at all. I'm really not. I think I might boycott the league next year. <laughs> um, That's that shut down corner behaviour. Yeah, yeah, it's my what you call it now. Uh, and what happens? Um, took me off the ball actually. Small bit. I played Jonas Gray the week that he was late for training. And yeah. That's. Um, well, he scored forty points the previous week. Yeah. And you think. He's late for a meeting for 20 minutes. Surely Belichick, like, you know. Cody would have let him back, right? What's that? Cody would have let him back. Yeah, he would have to been no better there. <laughs> <laughs> Scored 40 points the week before. Yeah. That's going to win any game. I find it funny, though, that, uh, you know, that possible eye off the ball didn't realise that Gray was in trouble, maybe another two two things. But when you were, like, in playing two All-Ireland finals, your team was yeah, ready to go. And yeah, <laughs> I'm struggling to get the balance there. I'm, I'm either I'm all in it or I'm not in it at all. But, uh, no, I actually had a very poor start to the season. Um, and then when everyone was calling for Brady's head, I'm yeah. a big Tom Brady fan. I stuck with him and he came good at me at the end. Um, Donnie... Sh- 
agreeing with that. Hundred percent. Jamal Charles had his injury and he came good, so that all kind of came together. Marshall got it together. That all came good after um, three uh, third or fourth games. So yeah, you had Brandon Marshall as well. Yeah, so went on a bit of a hot streak. Picked that up, was unfortunate. Yeah, picked up a few uh, on the waiver as well. Sanu then came good when AJ Green got injured um, and JJ Watts are doing things on special teams for me. The Texans, so um, yeah, it kind of came good, and I was in a good position, and I thought it was actually true. I didn't know. To, every time JJ Watts scores a touchdown, do you get points for that in special teams? I think you do, do you? Mm, do you know? I don't think so because I had Houston as well in a different league. But they're, they're maybe there's different rules. ESPN yeah. has wonky rules. Yeah, they put up good numbers for me anyway. But I'm uh, definitely in favour of Flea Flicker. By the way, uh, yeah. we, we were, last year we used Flea Flicker instead of ESPN. You get the half points. Yeah, I'd agree. I'd agree. Yeah, but. We this, got over this twenty man roster is killing it all. Like you know, if if you have a bad yeah. draft, it's hard to pick mm. up good waivers. Like you're looking at who you're looking at. Oh, Marcel Reese this week. Yeah. I got Devonte Freeman, yeah. third choice running back in Atlanta. Not going to happen. No, <laughs> if you dig a hole for yourself, there's no way back. Do- Donny, who finished last in the league, let's like I know we mentioned it already, but let's mention it again. Donny, who finished last in the league, his own league, which he set up, started. Uh, what's his name? The the guy from Atlanta. Oh, um, Anton Smith. Anton Smith. He's for about yeah. five weeks in a row. Well, three of those weeks he got touchdowns, but then the other two he got zero point zero, and then yeah. he's just disappeared from the planet. So I think it just kind of reaffirms your first three picks are really going to make or break your season. Yeah. You know, absolutely. Yeah. I had Monte Ball first. <laughs> <laughs> Enough said. I Gronk second actually, and that has been a that has been an amazing pick ultimately. Yeah, that was a bit of a risk because with the injuries, it was. Yeah. came good. No, one. there was a definite risk reward strategy with that one, mm-hmm. and because the first five six weeks, I was thinking this is crap. He's playing twenty percent of the snaps, spent thirty percent of the snaps, and also he's like the way he runs, he's going to get injured. Mm. Like he's an aggressive oh. runner. Yeah, he looks for the cha- challenge. Doesn't yeah, he? like he looks for the physical. Swat him down. You're in the last week. You were <clears throat> defeated by James O'Connor. The man who put this hundred euro wager on the table for this league, yeah. so he kind of he kind of he took it away from you. I I look at that now as beautiful poetic justice because I think James's last game for Clare <laughs> was a All Ireland semi final against Kilkenny quarter final in 04. Makes sounds like he's from Dublin, but actually game? he's a Clare hurling fan. <laughs> so it was a replay in 04. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah. you know, Jamesy came off the bench and made a big impact the first day, and then and you Jackie probably locked him down the second day, and that was it. You know, so he's been waiting in the long grass for he's ten years. He's for ten years. Really, ten years. <laughs> he kicked my ass the weekend. Yeah, he did. And I, I was looking to go. Surely I'm going to get a win over Jamesy the weekend. He started zero and eight or zero and seven. Was he, won, he won four in a row. I think. Yeah. Five, at the end, think, yeah. Uh, he amazing G- team at the end. Yeah. Gio Bernard was just breaking his heart, and he just stuck with him. And, did did he come good again? Or kind of came good and then he went again. And he Lacey, he had as well, who was oh, doing yeah. nothing for a while, mm. and then he came good. So, yeah, Keenan Allen, yeah, Hillman, I think so. You, if you're crap, that's the thing. If you're crap for a while, you can just pick up guys off the waiver wire, as you know yourself, Jared, from other leagues. This year, yeah, yeah. but yeah, next year the the waiver wire is going to be shit next year, right? I think so. As we're going into a whole new territory here because, like, so we've got this dynasty league, sixteen. Guys being kept, so there'll be there'll be defenses, kickers, and rookies being drafted, and it'll be carnage. I have no idea what it'll be like. I'm picking first. I don't know. And the rookies, and the rookies. You said, like, you said the rookies. Yeah, the rookies. So you've got like, you know, I don't know any of the rookies this year. I think yeah, the running back class and the rookies of next year is going to be very strong. I think this I just, year was kind oh. of the wide receivers were really strong. Yeah, yeah. Mike Evans. I think next year the shouldn't have told us so. that there. You should have just yeah, kept that. Uh, next year they're all going to be good quarterbacks. I hear. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> and the Gronk is officially he's not going to be good next year. I'll <laughs> release that lad. Yeah. Do you watch college football at all? Or uh, small, but not as much. Um, it, it's it's hard for the girlfriend to let me watch. Yeah, Saturday and Sunday. <laughs> yeah. See, I don't watch it at all. I would wonder, like you know, what sort of advantage you'd be, especially in a league like this where you have to come in and get the, the none really, because you can just read stuff about the draft, watch the actual real draft. Yeah. Pick the and like, even like Beckham wasn't. You know, he like it was Manzel who won the Heisman last year. If you picked him first, you'd be getting nothing. Um, if you know Beckham was the best player in that class, and he's not, he wouldn't have been. He, you know, he's in that. Mike Evans is definitely in the conversation. Uh, Loads of guys. The the Pittsburgh Steelers guy has got the record. Bryant, Bryant, yeah. seven touchdowns, yeah, first seven games. Yeah, Benjamin around from Carolina. How come you're a Dallas Cowboys fan? Uh, the first team I watched. And that was pretty it. And I liked the whole America's team thing. And like, who doesn't love Jerry Jones? Uh, <laughs> and I read the book, Boys Will Be Boys. That's oh, amazing, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's unbelievable. And uh, I said, yeah, it was all pointing towards the Cowboys. But um, those were the Aikman days. Aikman, yeah. Emma Smith, yeah. Michael Irvin, those guys. The White House. And all yeah. That. yeah, the White House. Serious team. Yeah, the White House. That's on. <laughs> we should go there. We should travel <laughs> from there. <laughs> Yeah, well, look, if we're putting it out there, there's four of the 12 people in the league in this room at the it's moment. So if we're putting form. it out there to go somewhere in America to do our draft next year, then, you know, I'm like, Yeah, I'm if there's any sponsors, if the NFL want yeah. to fly us over to, you know, wherever the draft is going to be next year, is it it's somewhere different? I think it's somewhere in New York. But I think it's a movement Radio from City. New York. I thought they're moving it to LA. There was something about it. Anyway. Oh, does that mean there's going to be a team there? Uh, I don't know. So, I mean, Jim Harbaugh is going to take the Raiders there, isn't that? Apparently, there's, there's San Diego, St. Louis, and Oakland, who would be the three biggest um, potentials yeah candidates for moving to LA are all their stadium lease all ends this year alright so it could all happen very quickly mm-hmm. one of them we, to London really for our league don't, then college football we need to hone in on it don't we yeah that one could get a team Kilkenny yeah could, there is a few teams there's a team in Watford there's a team in a few in Dublin isn't there yeah yeah. Nolan Park that could, you could put the it's too big. Yeah, it's very windy. When the spirals, I can't see him really floating across <laughs> the sky and the sun in your eyes. <laughs> so you're not going to boycott the league next year just because Donny's a bad commissioner? No. Donny's actually a good commissioner. I'm just, hey. I'm just not happy with taking my off the ball, really. And Jonas Gray, I'll never forgive him. Losing out on points difference for the playoffs. It's cruel. It's not an easy way to... Every So it could be any any bad decision you made over the last 14 weeks could have cost you. Like any time you bench somebody... and Or got beaten by five, six points. Yeah. Mm. I was saying one thing to Donny earlier that um, we talked about this here the the week Mike Quirk had his best ever week and he got like 147 points and I just happened to have a weird week I got like 150 oh yeah and what's weird about that is that's a heartbreaking loss when you scored that much but those points actually Can't got him into the playoffs so which you know in at least that's something I guess yeah, Jackie's delighted <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he is yeah <laughs> What well, really is a heartbreaker is when you go to bed on Sunday night and you're 30, 40 <laughs> pints up and you're looking at him and he's Crosby as a kicker and he's a flex and you're like, yeah, surely I have that. You wake up in your morning, out on the phone, don't even check the missed calls and check your app and you're beaten by two pints. And Monday morning is just even harder to get up for. Yeah. For the people who don't play fantasy, that, that, that like dreaded look at your phone, try and figure things out on a Monday morning, or yeah. even Tuesday morning some weeks. Yeah, yeah. Try to sleep, <laughs> two screaming kids. It's this awful thing, it's like it's 7 o'clock in the morning, Give you're, still, my you're still more I just have to check the scores. <laughs> but then if you do manage to squeeze a win or something, you just jump out of bed and Monday, <laughs> yeah. bring on the day. <laughs> on the week. This is going to be a great week. Yeah. yeah. Oh God, our lives are terrible. <laughs> right, that's it. That's it. Thanks, Jackie. All right, very welcome along 
to Mix Picks. Mix Picks. Mick, welcome from your sick bed this week. Yeah. Some viral something that you're... Got, got to watch football. ...breathing and hawking all over us for the last uh, five or six hours. Thanks for that gift. Trying to stay away as much as possible. Mix Sick. Mix Sick Picks. Uh, so, first off, commiserations... To me. To young Michael... Oh yeah, he's been booted out of the league if for I, being shit. If I thought yeah. you meant this, I'd, you know, <laughs> he's I'd finished second from bottom, yeah. and he's suffered the ignominy of relegation. It was never in doubt. There was a five-team logjam. All, all teams facing relegation. You were amongst them, Jer. Oh, I was. I was right there until yeah. Julio Jones. It looked like on Monday night that I was in a kind of a, going into Monday night. I was in a fifty-fifty sort of battle, you would say. In your own I was game. about eight points ahead with Randall Cobb up against the Packers defense and Jordy Nelson. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it was eight eight points ahead. So you know, you're in a kind of a. I wouldn't be favourite, but it's definitely possible to win it. No, I, I was um, all all weekend. It looked like you were going to win, but yeah, I you had started a, with Demarco Murray and thirty-three points on Thursday night. I did. Things started looking up. Then Jer looked like he was definitely losing. Oh, and I was every, all the other five and eights were winning so it was going to be between you and me to go you down. had better points than I did grand okay if I lose I'm gone if I win I'm, gone. I'm safe yeah. Jer's gone Jer has 9702 points or <laughs> that's not even a number from Julio <laughs> Julio Jones uh, on Monday night I have Randall Cobb doing nothing up against Jordy Nelson going nuts I'm well hammered it was a weird feeling I checked it on Monday morning I was Sick, I wasn't up watching the game. I checked it on Monday morning, I went to the thing, and I, I just looked at the scores, and there was such a big difference between them. There was no kind of sense of, like, dramatic disappointment. It was more just, oh, I was hammered. Except Which you, kind of ruined, well, ruined the terrible feeling. When you look back at halftime, it was 37-0 or whatever the score was at halftime for the Packers. You probably, at that stage, were well safe. You would have needed some more from Randall, Randall. Cobb in the second yeah. half just to guarantee it, but... Uh, I was watching. I actually woke up stupidly at three thirty in the morning. And why? I don't understand. Julio Jones only did his damage. Yeah, in the yeah. No, half. but I needed to win the game. Yeah, but I think you would have you probably were, still been. You were down three points in the third quarter. On I was. Yeah, it was really oh, good. so. Jordy went mad late in the game. He didn't went. He? Yeah. He, well, he scored a touchdown early. He had his first half touchdown. The Packers defense didn't do anything, and Cobb was around the sixty yard receiving mark. So you were da- like, it was still in play that yeah. you could win that game, and Jerry seemed totally. So I, I thought you had it, and then, I, I had, or you I had, almost had it. I had ridden the horrific train that was the Atlanta wide receivers. <laughs> yeah, All I season. had Roddy White and Julio. I'd missed both of them one week when yeah. they'd both gone off in that league, mm. and uh, finally they came through on the last day. But, but that I was like, be... so I checked the league table and stuff because I wanted to moan about the fact that two of the guys had you know, three of them had less points than I did over the you know the usual. It's not real. That's it's not a real thing I was the second worst team in it mm. but it took me like two days to realise that you had won that game because I'd never even checked it and I'd seen that yeah, I'd seen that Neil who was you know was the net, was the only other person on 5 and 8 but it didn't register in my head it didn't make now, any sense that you won should, the game because you were being hammered you mentioned Neil we should point I beat Neil in, in the last I was desperately hoping that he was going to get kicked out of the league this year because yep. he's ruined the league for the next at least two seasons he probably tanked. Uh, he did tank this year by trading away all his best he players. Lost six games in a row, I think. Didn't for um, and and just about squeaked it on the last day. If you had just won your game, he would have gone down. It, Next year is ruined because he has like he the third pick overall anyway, and about five other picks supplementing in the first two three rounds. He has my second round pick, which I took off him <laughs> for uh, Des Bryant. Des Bryant, which is he's only got me. Who's now back on, into the draft? He might get Des again yeah. in for your pick. Well, I was freaking out about myself being in your position, and I made a panic move, which 
I saved you. It's so. I don't know. Actually, it did. I you won all the games by more points. I think I had more points than Donny. Over the course yeah. of the year, I think I, I think had a few seven. more points yeah. than Donny, uh, who, by the way, I needed him to win this week to step yeah. up. If he won, it didn't matter what I did. Donny got beaten by it, I think a hundred points. On the, I think Thanks 50, very much, mate. Well, I think Peyton Manning. I think it, actually, if you go back to a week, maybe. and I'm playing Peyton Manning in a playoff game in a different league this year, and I can guarantee he's he won't good do that again. Do you he's, remember this week? It was sort of middle of the season where I beat you by a, a point, like. Oh, I'd, don't remind me of that. I'm pretty sure that was the one. You beat me two fight. weeks in a row in two different leagues by a combo- combined 1.8 points or something like that. So that's one league that we play in. In the other league where we had Mossy Quinn on the show last week, Mossy shouldn't shouldn't uh, repeat the habit of um, talking to a Mossy's not allowed on this week. <laughs> he said he was only coming on. We, we'd only let him on if he won. I scored 148 points in that league. Uh, I, I made a couple of... I made a stupid decision in the in the other league where I subbed in the Kansas City D instead of the Giants. I've been I picked the Giants for this week for ages, and boy did they come through with about uh, twenty odd points. But the rest of them, I had Odell Beckham on my bench, and I didn't even regret it in the end. Now he, he outscored um, Antonio Brown a little bit, but Calvin Johnson is Calvin Johnson. Julio Jones is Julio He's got Jones. Odell Beckham, Calvin Johnson, Julio Jones, Sammy Watkins, what? and and Brown. Yeah, Jesus, that is a good receiving core. It's we should trade. League. Yeah, that's a dynasty league. Uh, oh, I fear I've got to buy this week. Trump, I, just, uh, I finished eleven and three in that, just in case. I, I'm now in the playoffs, and I'm a dangerous. Yeah, you're a dangerous. dangerous you got 150 points last week. Donny finished last in that league, by the way. Yeah, there's no relegation. It was um, me, this our friend Tom Flynn. He, we were sort of neck and neck, and he actually won his first game in, in an age, and uh, which was a mistake. If we should, if we'd told him. Tank at least next year he'll have the yeah. first pick. So I'll be picking first. Uh, get familiar with the guy anyway. Most of the good players are gone though, so it doesn't matter. No, well, Amari Cooper, Alabama rookie, Alabama senior. QB? No, wide receiver. All right, I'll so. be getting the QB. I'll tell you that. Much. <laughs> Me too. I'll be getting six of them. I, I, I honestly, I, I'm the number one seed. I'm a buy this week, and my starting quarterback at the moment is Shot Hill. Yeah, I had to give up on Kaepernick. Kaepernick. Yeah. Well, he's disgraceful. One thing, Billy Joe. He was in. Uh, ah, this he, is. Um, he was, now you're adding yourself. Tell the story. Come on. So Billy Joe was in. He was on a two week holiday. He was on. He was the last guy we recruited into the league. And he was incommunicado when it, the draft was happening. Exactly. It was it, a live draft. He was offline. This was a really stressful live draft. That we all are. Hence me picking Kaepernick in the third round, as we mentioned last week. And I um, took the responsibility of drafting for him. Now there are two options I could have done. I could auto have, draft. I could have done auto draft, which maybe uh, which might have been the fairest way to do it. But instead, I decided to do the draft as Billy Joe, so I picked for him. I don't know yeah. if he knows this or not. I never really talked to him about it. <laughs> Hilariously <laughs> running between computers at work as well. So yeah, there, there's and, two, two J- couldn't get computers over. near him working, so actually was running from his, turning back, running across the room in our big open plan mm. office and doing the other one. So... As it turned out, a way better team for Billy Joe. Last week, they were close to each other in the draft. Last week of the year, uh, last season, last last week, there, last weekend, I played Billy Joe, my team, and your other team careened into last place. My other team, Billy Joe's team, his team. He's been on the waiver wire all year. He's been managing the expectations and everything Mm -hmm. that goes with it. It's not your team. Well, I'm I'm cheering for Billy Joe anyway. Well, you've no one else to cheer for, so. Look, I got relegated in the league that we started with. My, my, my. To, to, I was introduced mm. to fantasy NFL through this bloody league, and now I'm gone. I have to play in the championship with 
Nathan Keen. and Kane. Who <laughs> <laughs> keep asking me like weird questions that like signify that they don't really watch much American football. Uh, some good news for you though. Um, of the two guys who were relegated last year, both of them are playing uh, in the semifinals of the league this year. This weekend, uh, so automatic oh, comeback. Up. So they'll. Oh, so does it not go by league position for promotion? No, no. Playoffs, oh, no. interesting. So, so it'll be the two, the top two, the two. How come it doesn't go by the consolation playoff for relegation? Because because cons- relegation is a journey, is a an accumulation of whatever fourteen weeks of ineptitude. Whereas trying to get to the t- to the pinnacle not only involves, you know knowledge over 13 or 14 weeks but then true excellence in crunch time oh, league's most important nah, it's, a, it's easy to yank it's, a, it's allowed it's, a, it's our culture relegation isn't part of our culture I think I should be let back in you've got to win your way back in you're for, you're or bribe I might not play next year ah oh, look at it nothing like a bad loser if, I'm let, not let a me, bad loser I just, I've got three leagues if you are if you decide not to opt in if you did not, I'll never get back. You will never. No, that's fair. That, that's completely back. understandable. I imagine I will play no, in the you, end, but I'm should, definitely going to think about you it. You should be. You should have the power to kick him out of all of the leagues for which you are yeah, commissioner. That's fair enough. I, yeah. I will not commission either, any league that you are in. Just because you're, you're afraid of my amazing. Dynasty. You're either part of this or you're not. You know. Yeah. We are uh, my the other league, the third league. I'm in. I don't think I'll be leaving anytime soon. We're actually gonna. We're buying uh, championship rings to give out to the to the oh. winner. That's lame. It's really lame. It's purposely It's purposely lame. All right. Well, you, t- you need to. It's going to involve drink. You need to tell us that at the start. We've got this really lame thing that sorry, we're doing. Okay, yeah, yeah, fair oh, enough. Yeah. We're, oh, we're there forever. We've got. If the lads are listening now, yeah. I'm gonna, I've made a fool of them, <laughs> and they don't deserve it. Well, maybe they do. No, they don't. <laughs> they have you as their representative. <laughs> <laughs> right. Mixed picks. Uh, we had a blank week. Donnie slight advantage with a push. Ah, uh, yeah. One, one and one, one and two, one and two. Yeah. yeah, the bloody Green Bay Packers let me down in every single way this weekend. Yeah, they screwed me. Uh, what was the spread? The spread was 10. ten. And they won by seven. Six, I think. Uh, so, so Donnie, after weeks of being caught and like just, just hanging on to that lead by half a game, just gets that bit of breathing space again now. So. I also got screwed by... Um, Buffalo. Paid Manning. Yeah, they they were easily covering spread the whole game. Twenty four three, and they just went to sleep. Yeah, um, that was pretty funny. I was watching that, laughing. At, I'd gone thinking, to bed by that stage. Thinking that you had two and all again, and presuming that Green Bay would win. And I was just, thinking all these CJ Anderson points wasted. I'm gonna, I'm actually gonna get relegated in this league where I have CJ Anderson in the fifteenth round next year. Oh, that's another thing with my team. I'm, I'm losing no Randall Cobb, who I had like as a fifteenth rounder. I would have had him for ten years, and I don't know who else, but. Trey Mason, maybe. Well, so your loss is someone else's gain. So. Yeah, they got to keep whoever comes yeah, up. Gets whatever, I have year. to redraft now next year. Again. All right, so my picks this week. Uh, we get to pick the Thursday game because we're a little bit ahead of ourselves. The Arizona Cardinals at the St. Louis Rams. St. Louis Rams, best team in the NFL at the moment. Unstoppable juggernaut. <laughs> okay. Agreed. Minus four and a half points. They're, they haven't conceded a point in two games. I'm taking the St. Louis Rams. <laughs> so yeah, you, you trust them to get five points. <laughs> Um, a safety at a field goal versus the Cardinals. Also, the wheels have come off as I've yeah. been banging on about for a while. Arizona, yeah, uh, Stanton's not even going to be fit. Looks like or doesn't look good for him. So they've no Stanton, they've no Ellington. No, like you feel sorry for them, really. Like in a season like this, but maybe in the long in the long term, it actually probably doesn't good not to. They're ten and three. They're one win from the playoffs. Yeah, and they might not get they're, it. They're playing St. Louis, San Francisco, and Seattle. Mm. Yeah. They could easily lose all three. Is that right? I think it is, yeah. 
definitely. The thing is that um, that ten and three will probably be enough to get a wild card, right? Yeah, it should be. I mean, well, you see, you've got Detroit and Dallas are both on nine and four at the moment, and Philadelphia obviously are nine and four as well. And Green Bay are ten and three. Philly so Bay, Dallas. You're thinking like I think like one game should be enough, but I think they definitely need they definitely need a win. You but Dallas are playing Dallas are playing Washington. We sorry, Detroit are playing the Vikings, but they can win that. And and, and I think they're playing the Bears as well. Okay, so all right, yeah. Okay, so I'm picking St. Louis minus four and a half. Um, the other picks: New England Patriots minus seven and a half. You told me on Monday it was minus six. I think it was. Yeah, I think it's definitely gone out a little bit. Although that is an evens price versus a five to six for plus seven and a half for the Dolphins. Yeah, so minus seven and a half. The Patriots, the Dolphins, they finished last season, last week was the end of them. The um, you would think so. If the Patriots win, the Patriots are looking for that first seed. Yeah, pretty. The Patriots need to win out to get the top seed, which they will. They 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 they're six and zero at home this year. They they were something similar last year. I think they might have even been eight and zero. They owe the Dolphins from the first day of the they season. They owe them. Yeah. Also, it's cold. Miami is not cold. Tannehill, a lot of hype. Bought into it. Picked him ahead of. Ben this week had forty points from Ben on my bench. Um, <laughs> Dolphins are a good team, though. I think they're they're definitely a coming team. I just yeah, don't we, think they're on that level yet. And I think a focused Patriots, who you know, can I have four picks this week to try and make up the gap? No, no. Okay, so what about then, week seventeen when everything's mad? Can we have five picks each? Yeah. No. Why? Because uh, Danny's in the lead. You <laughs> <laughs> can do here. We can do sixteen picks next week if you want. We're going the whole way to the Super Bowl, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh. So we have to pick. Like, yeah, no, all the playoff games. All right, okay. We're not uh, going anywhere here. The um, two so games. A way to go with two games. I'm interested in uh, Seattle minus ten and a half and Atlanta plus three. Atlanta are playing the Steelers and Seattle are playing Atlanta the are plus San Francisco two. Atlanta are plus two. Atlanta Falcons plus three on mine printed out. Plus two. On plus two. Uh, ten to thirteen. No. Twenty to twenty-one. Hmm. I prefer my plus three. Well, the official plus two. I just printed it out five minutes ago from the link that you sent it by email. Me and Mick, print, I printed the same thing out. It's bizarre. The lines change within the ten seconds. I'm taking the plus three that's written down on my page. <laughs> Come we on. have to do. We have to do an actual check online there, Danny. This needs to be as of the moment. Uh, I'll go with the Seattle Seahawks minus ten and a half. Okay. So you're leaving Atlanta. Atlanta are definitely plus three. Brilliant bet because. Oh, Julio might not be playing. He's got a hip injury. Two weird teams. Stay away from that game. That's my advice. Yeah. Seattle have been really good the last three weeks. Seattle have been amazing. So you're going for the Seattle are going to win three this home favourites, the Rams, three. Patriots and the Hawks. Yeah. Now, Baltimore minus 14 was the other one I was looking at. Yeah, me too. It's pretty obvious. Jacksonville are feisty. Awful. They're not. That's, are they not? No, it's, non- it's like it's complete nonsense. Ever since they screwed me when they came back from nowhere and beat the tanking Giants yeah the Giants the Giants was the other one I wanted they're, they're playing Washington yeah. and they're going to annihilate Washington Colt McCoy no thank you I'm going to take the Rams RG3. as well RG3 no thank you I'm going to take the Rams as well they've been really good like their defence is ridiculous and if Arizona do not have an offence then I think that speaks for itself I trust Sean Hill to get the 14 points that will be needed to, to beat that spread uh, I am going to go for Sorry, as usual, I have a few things written down here. I'm going to go for the Bengals as a scratch game on the road at Cleveland. 
I don't like taking Andy Dalton <laughs> on the road. I really don't. You're betting against Johnny Football. Johnny Clipboard is going to become Johnny Football this week, and I think it might be too soon for him. Uh, look, they hammered them in Cincinnati, and I don't think Cincinnati are all that's cracked up to be. But I, like, who hammered who? The Browns. The Browns Killed hammered them. Twenty-four. Yeah, on a Thursday night. So. What possesses you to pick the Bengals away from home against because, Cleveland? Because I think they're a better team, Who really, and it's improved. a scratch game. I don't know if they have. And also, really... Johnny I Football I, and Josh Gordon is but, actually... But here's the thing, like... Brian Matt, Hoyard couldn't, couldn't Matt, find Josh no, Gordon. Apparently, Matt, he was he was too open. Yeah, well... They didn't know there's some trick of my eyes. Well, like, I don't know. Who's Ke- that big Ke- player there who's Ke- open with the big hands? Keane was saying last week that he was wrong... Running wrong routes and was the fault of a lot of the interceptions. I kind of trust him to to yeah, know that more obviously. than I would from looking <laughs> at it. Uh, look, Gordon doesn't look himself, and it's it, basically it's a bet against Manziel. I don't know about him yet. I don't know whether he's ready. I don't know whether he's good enough. You are a factory of sadness. I'm yeah. just I'm betting against them, so that's <laughs> what it is. With Andy Dalton, which is I'm sort of talking myself out of this one now, but I'll take it. This is a three old draw. Yeah, well, I'll take a 4-3 win if that's possible. Two safeties for the Bengals versus one field goal. After extra By the way, also, Billy Cundiff is shite. Why is there so many bad kickers? I don't understand it. I had him for weeks and weeks. And I, I kept, get like... Last week ESPN was weird. deducts points if you miss a field goal. As they should. Which is bullshit. Legatron. And, and he keeps fucking missing. <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> it's, only, it's only a game. Legatron missed the bloody extra point and two field goals last last week. The Rams guy, Zerline. He's got a great name, but you can't be missing extra points. No, you can't. For God's sake. Pat Murray, our friend, has actually... He is, he's, he's done really he's, well, he's, yeah. He's hung on there. Yeah, yeah, he's got like four 50-plus yards, doesn't he? Mm. He's been brilliant. Uh, right, okay, sorry. So I've two picked. Um, I'm, I picked that uh, douchebag that the um, Denver picked up. Oh, Connor Barth. I was oh. looking for him on my uh, fantasy wire last week, but you beat me. I did, yeah. Connor so, with two wins. Is it, yeah. I've got the you r- Americans. What the hell's wrong with you? I'm torn between the Patriots and between the Oakland Raiders at the Chiefs. I don't think the Chiefs could score enough points to cover a ten point to spread. cover a ten and a half point spread. Now the Raiders are shocking bad Ooh. and are only look good when they play the San Francisco 49ers, mm-hmm. who are also wrong. shocking bad. Or, or the Kansas they- City Chiefs, who they beat two weeks ago, who not they destroyed. So, but. Yeah, now, now they're at Arrowhead. Actually, I'm changing my mind on that one. Arrowhead wasn't all that when Denver rolled in there a couple of weeks ago, but Denver. I know, but Oakland, they're flaky. Car's not bad. No, he's he's reliable. I had a, I had him on my waiver wire to drop for somebody who I didn't get, mm. and then uh, the next week it was like, oh, five executives would rather pick mm-hmm. Derek Carr than. Blake Bortles. No, then uh, Colin Kaepernick. Yeah, well, like, I had him oh, as my backup maybe, to uh, Kaepernick in drop him. that dynasty <laughs> league for the full first half of the season. Along with Gino Smith. And the both of them are gone. Car to Rivera is a really nice kind of combo. By the way, if Michael Rivera, who I'd started (laughs) doing nothing for five weeks in a row. (laughs) I saw that. 17 points. And then I brought in. uh, Some dude. No, I brought in Jordan Reed, who was on the waiver and had done really well the last previous two weeks for the. Did he get a concussion? By any chance? I don't know, I don't think so. I think he just did nothing because they were so bad and they're such a crap team. Alfred Morris, like Alfred Morris got me one point in our other league. So I had him on the bench and I had uh, I had someone else on the bench who did really well as well. I, even if I'd even oh, done that properly. All right, my other team are the bloody Patriots. Okay. Mm, touch more I pick the Patriots. I've picked, well, I've picked them twice and they've won for me both times. That's so. why I picked them so you wouldn't pick them. So I've got 
So I've got um, two of your picks. Ooh. The Houston Texans, who I think everyone is sleeping on, who are seven and six and with uh, just quietly winning games. I said in this particular audio space last week that they were a possibility for the playoffs, and I was laughed out of the room. I still no, you weren't. I didn't laugh out of the room. I don't seven and six. Now. I'm a big fan of Bill O'Brien. I actually meant to have a massive bet on their over this year when the mm-hmm. BS report was like, oh, "Who is this guy? Yeah. We know nothing about him." I'm like, "Well, actually, this is one where." I've interviewed him. I've uh, I've met him. I've watched him play a game. Oh, there you go. And uh, he's brilliant. Smart guy. Quarterback yeah. Whisperer. Well, from their point of view, it was like, ah, sure, anybody could be Tom Brady's quarterback coach, which is probably fair. They're also like, well, well Penn State didn't pull up any trees. And I was like, well, you'll find that they had no players and they actually won a lot of games mm-hmm. uh, under slightly different, difficult circumstances. So Houston's going to be a breeze. And he's got J.J. Watt. Yeah, yeah. most importantly. And Clowney, which obviously Next they don't year. have. I like Houston. Uh, it's kind of hard to say no to the Giants. Uh, hosting the Shambolic Washington football franchise. So I, even though I think that six and a half is a lot of points, I just see... Oh, DB. Well, um, I was looking at, uh, I don't know why, but I was looking at the, the, I was looking to see how bad Arizona are. Arizona have like the 19th most touchdowns in the in the, in the the NFL this year, but the mm-hmm. Giants are really high up in there. The Giants score a lot. Yeah. And they obviously throw a lot of interceptions as well, but I, I, I think that's actually a good bet. I kind of missed it. Washington or a joke. And who is uh, going to be quarterback? Will RG three starts? Is, did Colt McCoy get injured or benched? I, I think he got. He got. He got a knock. I think. I'm, lo- I'm looking forward to Cousins coming back. When I, oh, sorry. Yeah, they were all but saying. I, I think it'll Cousins. be Griffin. will start. I think it'll be. Him, yeah, I think it's McCoy. They're actually being quite cruel on Griffin at the moment, aren't they? By all accounts, he is widely disliked by everybody mm. in the setup. Yeah, especially his offensive line, which doesn't. Help. But yeah, it seems like that they're all assholes and not him. Does it? Yeah, it does to me. I don't know, but I like I don't know. I just like him. He's a cool guy. He's a Republican though. Well, he's a rich he had American. Those, he had those Superman socks at the draft. My final pick <laughs> is the. You might remember Thanksgiving night, sitting in a hotel in Cork, watching the Dallas Cowboys and the Eagles play yeah, it's on my the list, Dallas yeah. Cowboys, and two weeks have elapsed. The Eagles lost badly to possibly the best team in the in the league. Cowboys. Every time they lose, they bounce back as well. This is a good bet. Yeah, I, three and a half, it's maybe a half point too much for me, but I, I think there's value there, and I think the Eagles will, I don't see what, I don't see what, how the Eagles have gotten much, that much worse in, uh, I think they're going to, the division's on the line this game, they got to do it. So. Yeah, did you Dallas watch, had a bad night though. Did you watch the Dez tape? They won last week, right? Yeah, they beat yeah. Chicago Thursday night. And he's over, and being very histrionic As he in, his, in his conversation with um, Tony Romo. And the commentator was like, "Whoa, you can't be doing that, Des. If you want to be part of the team, you got to be part of the team." Two days later, the NFL released the audio, and he's having this really in-depth, brilliant conversation with them. Mm. Like, uh, you know, not giving out to him at all. Yeah, exactly. Whereas uh, Tony Romo did exactly the same histrionic stuff two seasons previously, and the same commentator was like, "Look at him; he's really into this game. You can tell he's fired up for yeah. it." Yeah, it's like uh, there's a little issue there with how you're judging these two people. You, yeah. Are you trying to say something? I know what you're trying to say, but I actually don't look at it. I look at the. I, I think it's something else. I think it's just the people involved. Like, for example, Tom Brady goes absolutely nuts during plays, starts giving out to people, and everyone thinks he's such a leader of this team. I think Phil, he's an asshole. Phil Rivers has these looks for people every time he throws the ball, and you just think, what an absolute asshole. Yeah. I don't know, Rivers just has that thing where you feel like he's blaming everyone. Brady's doing the exact same thing, but you feel like, oh, he's just disappointed in the situation. Brady's better looking. Good looking people get further in life, mate. You know, I'm just, I, I'm, I'm thinking it's, it's more just individual personalities than what you're, I think, trying to say. 
the Tony Romo's better looking than Des Bryant. <laughs> on that note, add off the ball on Twitter, uh, 53106. Don't text us because uh, you can be listening anywhere in the world and uh, we don't have a thing set up for this show. So tweet us, add off the ball, at McCarthy Mick, at Donnie Manny, at Jerry Roy. And uh, we'll see you next week, folks.